This morning is from Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 21. There are some Bibles at the back, um, if you need to borrow one or even take it home. Um, they're just at the back by the coffee table. Um, as I said, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 21. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and take, takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray for Andrew before he preaches. Lord, we thank you for this man of God sharing your word with us today. Come and bless him as he leads us. Anoint his words with authority and grace that he might reveal more of your truth, love and legacy to all who have ears to hear. Amen. Thanks, Claire. Um, it's, good to be, it's good to be back. I was in the States uh, for about 10 days, two different Sundays in two different churches. I was visiting two churches that have supported us from the very beginning of Village South, uh, Redemption Hill Church in, in D.C. and then Reston, Virginia Church in Virginia, obviously. Um, and that was a really good and fruitful trip. Um, hard to be away for so long, but it was good. Um, and those guys are just committed to supporting us and, and they love the ministry that's happening here in Belfast. And we hope to 
welcome some of them over here maybe in the next year or so, so that would be good as well. So uh, thanks for letting me be away for that long length of time. Uh, this morning we're uh, continuing our series in Luke's Gospel, um, and in some ways it's kind, of, uh, it's kind of fitting that today is Father's Day because I want to start by uh, talking about um, my dad, something my dad used to say to me all the time. Thanks, Haley. Um, there is a glass of water in here, but I don't know how long it's been here for, so I wasn't going wasn't gonna to risk it. Um, something my dad used to say to me all the time. You see, um, my whole life I've had a problem with my hearing, um, and to be honest, it went unnoticed for a long, long time. Uh, well, at least it went unnoticed to me for a long, long time. Um, I'm pretty sure my dad was the first person to notice it because he used to always say to me, do you hear? And, and I always thought this was a kind of strange question for him to ask me because of course I could hear, and he knew I could hear because we had loads of conversations in which I could hear him perfectly well. But it wasn't before long uh, that my teachers in primary school started picking up on my hearing problem too. My P7 teacher, Mr. White, he was also my mini rugby coach, um, he always used to say to me, he's like, Andrew, do, he's Andrew, do you have ears? Which is a weird question, a stupid question. Of course I have ears. That's what these things on the side of my head are. And this hearing problem went on as I got older and, and one of my secondary school teachers used to say to me, Mr. Elder, you have two ears and one mouth. How is it you seem to talk twice as much as you listen? Um, yet another weird question. Um, I'm able to use my mouth twice as much as I use my ears. Well, then fast forward a few years, and then I got married. And there is no greater test for your hearing than being married. That's my experience, right? Um, thankfully, being married has finally diagnosed my hearing problem. Um, I guess that's part of what Paul says when he talks about marriage being sanctifying. Um, I can't tell you the number of times Haley has said to me over the years, um, you're not listening. <laughs> uh, and that is the problem. There's nothing wrong with my ears. There's nothing wrong with my hearing. My ears work fine. The problem is my hearing. I don't listen. And it turns out this has been a problem for me my whole life. And so when my dad used to say to me, do you hear? He didn't actually mean that I hear the words he was saying. He, he, he actually meant, did I receive and understand what he was saying to me? Because if I had, there would have been a response. And here's my point. Hearing is about far more than just hearing the sound of words. It's about receiving and understanding and responding. Hearing is about receiving and understanding and responding. And this is the very issue that Jesus addresses in the passage that Claire just read. And I wonder, I wondered as she was saying that, that she's feeling a, a, a weight reading this. Because actually what this parable is about is, is about hearing the word of God. This passage, these two parables are about hearing what God is saying and hearing well. Um, parables, uh, just to, as a recap or, or a refresher or maybe for the first time, parables are a style of teaching that Jesus used in which he would, he would talk about ordinary everyday things to communicate uh, spiritual and eternal meanings. So here in these parables, one about farming and one about hiding a light, uh, Jesus is communicating something much, much deeper. You see, these parables are about hearing and specifically hearing the Word of God, hearing and receiving and responding to what God is saying. And the parable of the four soils is one of, the, uh, one of only a very few parables that Jesus actually explains. Um, and I think the reason he does this is because this parable teaches us something about how all parables work. In fact, about how all of God's Word, all of God's word works. The thing about parables is that they have the ability to do two things. Firstly, they can make Jesus' message clear to those who want to receive it. And secondly, 
parables can actually hide his teaching from those who want to reject it, okay? So uh, this is what Jesus says in verse 10. If you keep your Bible open, just look at verse 10 again. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, to you, so to you guys, the ones who follow me and want to accept me, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that, and here he quotes Isaiah, he says that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So they can see what's going on, but they don't comprehend it, and they hear what Jesus is saying, but they don't understand what he's talking about. Uh, One uh, New Testament scholar, he says that the parables of Jesus both reveal and conceal. They both reveal and conceal. You see, as as Jesus was going about his ministry, some people are gathering to him, his disciples, because they want to hear and receive and respond to his message, uh, that they want to receive this new kingdom that Jesus is bringing into the world. But others are are following him around and coming to him to to catch him out, to catch him off guard, to, to find fault with what he's doing, and ultimately to find reason to get rid of him, to kill him. And as Jesus teaches these parables, it has the effect of revealing more of the kingdom to those who want to receive it and concealing it from those whose hearts are hard to it. And in this, I think there's a lesson. The lesson is that God's word is both salvation to some and judgment to others. Um, a, a pastor friend of mine in England, a guy called Graham Bynum, he used this helpful analogy when it comes to parables. He says that parables are like automatic doors, okay? So the closer you get to automatic doors, you will find that they just open for you, right? But, but if you keep your distance, the doors stay closed. As you approach them, they open, but as you, if you stay away, they're just closed. So unless you approach the Word of God, it's always going to seem like a barrier. Unless you want to come close and enter in, it's always going to be a barrier to you. I think it's a really helpful analogy. And so it is for God's word. If we keep our distance, it's always going to be a barrier to us. Paul actually says, Apostle Paul says in in 1 Corinthians 1, he says that the gospel is an obstacle to those who don't believe. But if we approach the word of God in the right way, uh, with a willingness to receive and understand and respond, it's no longer a barrier to us, is it? We find that it just opens. It's a doorway into the kingdom of God. It's a doorway into God's family. And this is the call of Jesus through this parable, through both these parables to us this morning. In verse 8, we see the call, the invitation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So let me ask us this morning, myself included, how's your hearing? Can we take that away with you and think about that this week? How's your hearing? This is a challenge and an invitation that comes to us through God's word this morning. How's your hearing? In other words, are we receiving and understanding and responding to God's word. Uh, now that I'm a dad myself, I definitely feel that frustration that my dad must have felt with me. Um, and I've definitely said that to my kids. Do you hear when you tell them to put their shoes on for the 18th time that morning? Why is it always the shoes? They're always like, never put their shoes on. Um, and Jesus knew this frustration all too well. You see, up to this point, uh, Luke has recorded that Jesus has been uh, traveling around the countryside Uh, teaching and showing what the kingdom of God is like. And as he does so, he's finding that there are four kinds of responses to his teaching, four ways that the people respond to the coming of the kingdom of God. And he explains them in this first parable. A farmer goes out to sow some seed. Now, this would have been a really common sight for Jesus' listeners. 
A lot of them would have even been farmers themselves. This is partly why Jesus uses these analogies and and imagery, because he wanted to connect really well with his listeners. So a farmer goes out to sow some seeds, and these people would have known exactly the process that Jesus is talking about. But it's not very familiar to us, not because we're all tinies who sit in coffee shop drinking flat whites, but because even the method of sowing seed that Jesus uh, talks about here is foreign to us. In modern farming, the ground is plowed uh, and the seeds are planted in very precise, neat rows, right? Um, And then it it grows up. But this wasn't the way in the ancient Near East. The farmer would would walk around, scattering his seed by hand, throwing it around, and and so inevitably it fell on all kinds of ground. And it's actually where we get the word broadcast from. He would broadcast the seed. It's just spread everywhere. And Jesus uses this image to describe the, the generous nature of, of himself spreading the message of the kingdom of God. He's throwing it out there. He's throwing it to everyone. And he, he knows that sometimes it's going to land where there's going to be no fruit, maybe no growth at all, but he spreads his seed regardless, and it's not seen as a waste. And so some of the seed falls in the path, the, the hard, trampled ground where the seed just can't uh, penetrate and take root. Um, have you, ever seen a, a, have you ever seen a path that wasn't planned? There's one at the bottom of Sunnyside Street through the trees. Um, and it's just like, you know the, path, the kind of paths I'm talking about where just people have walked and walked and the ground's got worn down? Um, that's what Jesus is talking about here. In these days, there were hard, worn paths along the side of the fields where, where people would walk up and down. Um, fields weren't, you know, um, constrained by hedges the way they are here. Um, and, and Jesus says that this kind of soil, this kind of ground is like people who hear the word of God and don't understand it. These are the people who hear it and don't contemplate it. They don't even begin to take it in, right? Like me when I was a wee boy, uh, when I would hear what my dad had said to me, but I just kind of let it go over my head. I just ignored it. And so the point is, this is our first point this morning, the path is hardened hearts. The path represents hardened hearts. These are people who openly reject God's word, people who take no heed to the gospel whatsoever. And Jesus experiences this kind of response just a few verses earlier in chapter 7. We see that the Pharisees, actually Luke says, they rejected the purpose of God. They're hearing what Jesus is saying. They hear the same thing that the disciples are saying, but they reject God's purposes. I'm sure that we all know people like this, don't we? We probably all have people in our lives who They don't even think that there is a remote possibility that the Christian message could be relevant for them. Friends who who maybe say something like, well, I'm glad that you have this in your life, right? I have have a friend, he's like this. He said, well, that's great. I'm glad you have this in your life, but you know, it's not really for me, you know? Or, Or maybe you have friends who say something like, well, how can you believe that, right? That's all a bunch of nonsense. The world doesn't need religion anymore. I think of people who go to part of my job, and I love it, is doing weddings. And, and uh, I think of non-Christians who, who come to weddings and they, and they hear the good news of Jesus talked about and preached and they see it in this marriage ceremony. And, um, but they, they don't take it in because their hearts are hard. They just think, that's not for me. I even know somebody that goes to church twice every single Sunday and has done for 50 odd years and the seed has never penetrated. And our enemy, the devil, loves this kind of person. Well, actually, he hates them, but he loves that this kind of soil exists. 
Jesus says in verse 12 that the devil comes and snatches away the seed that was sown, like, like birds pecking seed off the ground. Uh, last year, our, our, our lawn's pretty patchy. <laughs> Uh, at the minute, it's like got brown bits and then some really green bits. Because last year, I scattered grass seed on some of the bare patches on the lawn. And, uh, and, and some of that was bare, hard ground. And it wasn't long before it was just covered in birds, just eating all the seed and pecking it up. And hearts that are hard to the gospel are easy pickings for the devil. And when someone's heart is closed off to the gospel, he will do all he can to take away any truth that is given to them. But what about us? Remember the challenge of Jesus, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. See, it's easy to hear this bit about the hard soil and the hard grounds and hard hearts and think that that's not me, that's not us. I'm a Christian, I'm part of village. Like I got out of bed this Sunday morning to, to come to gathering. I don't have, I, I, my heart isn't hard soil. But I think if we look closely, we find that we all have parts of our hearts that are hard soil, don't we? Parts of Jesus' teaching that we just uh, let wash over our heads or, or parts of the Bible that we just refuse to accept and believe. Of course, we all love the Bible. We're a good Bible-believing church after all. But what about those parts of God's Word that confront us, challenge us, and force us to change what we believe and how we behave? How often have we heard a sermon or read a piece of Scripture that has confronted us and we've just let it fall on deaf ears like seed falling on the concrete. See, church, the, the, the truth is that we are all guilty of having hard ground in our hearts. And the danger is that hearts that are hard to the gospel are easy pickings for the devil. When we don't believe something the Bible says or, or we don't like, like it or we don't want to accept it, just remember that there's nothing wrong with the seed God's word is the seed. There's nothing wrong with it. The problem is with us, the soil. And maybe even as I say this, you're thinking of parts of God's word that your heart is hard to. Somebody that has wronged you that you refuse to forgive. Something in your life that you know you need to give up but don't want to. Maybe it's an attitude towards what God says about sex and gender or money. We all have hard ground in our hearts and the danger is that hearts that are hard to the gospel are easy pickings for the evil one. And so we need to ask ourselves, how's our hearing? Jesus says later on, in verse 18, he says, take care how you hear. Where's the hard ground in, in, in my heart where I need to let God's word penetrate? Next, Jesus says that, that some of the seed falls on rocky soil. This is, this is ground that has a shallow layer of soil, but underneath is just rock, just bare rock. And what happens is that because the soil is shallow, it heats up quickly, right? And so the seed germinates really quickly and shoots up. But because there's no depth to the soil, it can't penetrate, it can't take any root, and there's no access to water, there's no access to nutrients. And so as soon as the hot Mediterranean sun comes out, the plant just weathers and dies. It just falls away. So if the path was hard hearts, then the rocky soil is shallow hearts. These are people who at one time, Jesus tells us, seemed so enthusiastic about God. People with, with, with seemingly genuine love for Jesus in their hearts, but when things get tough and it becomes hard to follow him, they just fall away. 
Jesus says in verse 13 that it's when times of testing come that they don't last because their roots aren't deep. Now, to be honest with you, I, I probably find this one the hardest one to talk about because I know people like this. And um, friends who once we counted as brothers and sisters who just don't believe the gospel anymore. There have been people who have been baptized in village who are no longer trusting Jesus. And it's painful when this happens, and it's heartbreaking. John, who's one of Jesus' disciples, wrote about this in one of his letters to the church. In 1 John 2, verse 19, he says that there are people who have left us, but they weren't of us, because if they had been of us, they wouldn't have continued, they wouldn't have continued with us. So what Jesus is saying here is he's not saying that it's possible to, to lose your salvation. What he's saying is that even though these people look and behave like Christians, they were never really in Jesus to begin with and because Jesus doesn't let his saints fall away. And it's always painful and sad when this happens, but the reality is that it does happen. In fact, it happens often in the church. And, and maybe you're like me, right? And you think to yourself, well, this could never happen to me. I love Jesus. I know he loves me. Nothing can take me away from him. Well, I've heard people say those things, and today they openly reject Jesus. In fact, they oppose him. And so let me ask us, how deep do our roots go? You see, there are parts of all our hearts that can be like rocky, shallow soil, right? How many times have you stood in a worship gathering like this and maybe genuinely sung the words, I surrender all, or I give it all to you, Lord, or something to that effect. But when the reality of surrendering it all to Jesus bites, <laughs> that enthusiasm just withers. Or how many times have you heard a, a, a sermon that has really hit you about that one thing you need to change and you say, that's it, Lord, definitely this time. I'm going to be better in this way. I'm going to give this up. I'm going to be bolder in sharing the gospel with my friends. And you get all fired up, but then as soon as they start making fun or asking hard questions or, or thinking you're a weirdo, you just shrink back into your doubt like a plant that weathers in the hot sun. And if we're not putting down deep roots, deep roots in Jesus, this can happen to us. And I think Jesus is in, intending for this to be sobering and shocking, and he wants us to realize you need to think about this for yourself. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to work on a farm, um, which is great crack, except uh, for my least favorite job by far was lifting stones, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's walking up and down a field, lifting stones. So before you plant crop, whatever it is, like barley or wheat or whatever, you have to make sure that all the rocks are taken out of the soil so that the crop can take deep root and, and grow healthy. It's literally walking up and down a field, picking up stones. <laughs> it's horrible. It's hard backbreaking work. But the result of that hard backbreaking work is that healthy crops grow that can have a big harvest. And maybe we need to do some stone lifting in our own hearts. Maybe we need to get rid of the rocks in our hearts so that the seed of God's word can go deep. Like, are we, are we putting down deep roots in Jesus or are we growing in rocky soil? Maybe we need to ask ourselves, what stones in our life do we need to get rid of? Psalm 1 is a song, a prayer song, about hearing and responding to the Word of God. And it says, the person who delights in God's Word, who considers it deeply, 
is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not weather. See, persecution will come. Those times of testing will come that Jesus talks about. Tribulation will happen. You or someone you love is going to get sick. Someone you love is going to abandon you. You're going to have money problems. Someone will die. Whatever it may be, you will be persecuted for your faith. But when our roots are deep in Jesus, when we're hearing his word and responding to it, we don't just survive. We thrive. This is God's plan for us. This is what he invites us into. And so we need to allow God's word to penetrate deep in our hearts. So what are the rocks that we need to remove in our, in our lives? Next, Jesus goes on to talk about seed that falls on thorny ground. Uh, this is seed that falls on uh, soil that also has the, the shoots or the seeds of weeds, right? Um, and, and what happens is the crop grows up. There's plenty of soil there, but also so do the weeds. And before long, the weeds choke the life out of the crop. Um, in our back garden, I'm talking about my own back garden a lot today. In our back garden, we used to have what, whenever we moved into the house, looked initially like one big bush, like one big shrub. But when we got up close to it, I actually realized that it was one big bush that was being choked by ivy and brambles, right? So the ivy had grown in between all the branches and all around the trunk, wrapped around the trunk. And, and the brambles had grown right over the top of the shrub and was a, a part of this bush had actually completely died. This plant was having the life gradually choked out of it. And Jesus says, when this happens, it's like believers who let the worries and pleasures of life choke the, the life of the kingdom out of them. So much so that they can't bear any fruit of being in Jesus. So if the path is hard hearts and the rocky soil is shallow hearts, then the thorny soil is distracted hearts. Now, with this kind of person... Everything seems to be going okay, right? Um, in some ways, they are planted in Jesus, but underneath, there's an unwillingness to prioritize the way of Jesus in their lives. In the, in the thorny soil, there are, there's more than one plant competing for nutrients, right? These people hear the Word of God and take it on board to a degree, but they're so distracted by other things, by earthly things, that they can't they just can't flourish in any meaningful or lasting way. And it's interesting the kinds of things that Jesus says are the thorns in our lives. Look at verse 14 with me. He says, As for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And see, according to Jesus, it's worries and pleasures that are the things that will choke the life of Jesus out of us. Worries and pleasures. This is what happens when Jesus isn't really the priority in our lives. And to be honest, I think this is probably the most dangerous one for us in village. Because we're all planted in Jesus, but we're also pretty distracted by the things of life, the worries and the pleasures. Think about the weeds and the thorns. That, that bush in my back garden, it didn't get choked by ivy and brambles overnight. It took years to get to that stage. Weeds grow up gradually, little by little, year by year. The vines growing around our hearts will choke the life of Jesus out of us. 
Little by little, the vines grow up until they have control, not Jesus. Slowly and surely, the ivy grows in between the branches and around the trunk until it gets to the point where we can't even hear God speak. And listen, these are my brothers and sisters. And we all have weeds of some kind growing around our hearts, don't we? Or the worries, or the pleasures that are entangled in our hearts. I've seen it over and over again. I've experienced it over and over again. Think about, think about porn, for example. Think about guys who watch porn. Like at first, it's just a one-time thing, right? But then it happens again and again. And then it happens again and again and again. And then gradually it just starts to take over until it's a full-blown habit, if not addiction. It's something that you can't even go without. And, and, and they keep seeking satisfaction in porn because their hearts are so entangled by sin that they can't even remember that Jesus is the only one that gives satisfaction. Or think about money worries. I don't think any of us in village would say that, that our hearts, that, that money is a priority in our hearts. But what happens when uh, you have a, a, a bill that comes in that you weren't budgeting for? The car breaks down. Or the, the, the boiler breaks or something. Or what happens when you lose your job or, or you're struggling to find a job? It's in times like these that you, you find your heart is so entangled by the weeds that you can't even remember that Jesus said he'll provide all your needs. You see, it's both the pleasures and the worries that stop us hearing Jesus' voice. If those things have control over us and entangle us, we can't even remember the promises that God has given to us. So in order to stop the gradual encroachment of the weeds, we need to make Jesus our priority, don't we? We need to hear and respond to his word. And listen, if, I, if I'm not listening to his word every day, I forget what he says. <laughs> I do. I need to read it every day. I need to hear it every day. And we need to be mindful that the weeds are aggressive and they're going to grow up around us if we stop hearing and responding to God's word. One day last summer, I tackled the bush in the back garden and I spent hours cutting away all the weeds and all the ivy and all the brambles. And it was a painful process, I have to tell you. I was covered in scrapes and scratches. But now that shrub is flourishing. Even this spring, it had flowers on it. And we've never seen that since we moved in. And Hebrews 12 verse 1 tells us that we need to throw off the sin that so easily entangles us, right? In other words, we need to do some weeding. We need to get rid of the weeds, pull out the weeds in our lives. And, and, and here's the encouragement. We can, right? Because Jesus has defeated the power of sin in our lives. And so we no longer have to sin. We no longer have to be controlled by that addiction. We no longer have to be controlled over those over those, by those worries. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, after having been dead for three days, he defeated the power of sin in our lives. And so, no matter how hopeless it may feel, and no matter how strong that worry or pleasure may seem, no matter if you feel entangled by the ivy and covered by the brambles, this doesn't have to be the case. Jesus has set us free from the power of sin. And Jesus says in John chapter 8, he says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Not just half free, not just kind of free, 
Not just like a buy one, get one free, like completely free, liberated, completely free. And we need to believe this. Hear the words of Jesus, respond to his voice, cut down the weeds, and let the seed of his word grow in your heart. There's freedom in Jesus. Those things don't have to entangle us any longer. And fourthly then, Jesus talks about the good soil. And we all breathe the sigh of relief because we're all like, oh yeah, that's me. Ah, sweet. The soil that nourishes the seed and allows it to grow. The soil that allows the seed to grow up strong and healthy and produce a harvest. Look at what he says. What kind of harvest was it? I can't remember the verse, but it's a hundredfold. Verse 8, and some seed fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Jesus says, the good soil are those who hear his word and understand it. You see, the path is hard hearts, the rocky soil is shallow hearts, the thorny soil is distracted hearts, and finally, the good soil is responsive hearts. Jesus says that these people hear the word and understand. It's an active thing, right? It's not just a passive thing. It's about hearing and understanding, taking it into your heart, taking it into your life, and putting it into action. Like when my dad said to me, "Um, do you hear? He was saying, Do you receive what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now respond to what I'm saying. In John chapter 10, Jesus says that his sheep hear his voice and follow him. You see, hearing requires action. Hearing requires action. Imagine um, we're out for a walk in the countryside, and I'm about to climb over a gate into a field, because that's the kind of thing I probably do. And then somebody has come along, and he says to me, there's a bull in that field. Now, what has he actually said to me? Is he saying, there's a bull in that field, and that's it? No, he's actually saying to me, there's a bull in that field, so I would think twice about before you climb over the fence and go into the field. Hearing requires action, and if we really hear the word of God, we will respond. We will take it into our hearts and and allow it to take root. We will allow it to confront us and challenge our beliefs. When we really hear the word of God, we will allow it to grow up in our lives. And notice the result in verse 15. Verse 15 Jesus says, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast. If in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Good soil is the only soil that bears fruit, right? Sure, the shallow soil, the plants grew up, but there was no fruit. The good soil is the only soil that bears fruit. Now, what is this fruit that Jesus is talking about? Well, It's the reflection of God's glory in our lives. It's sharing the gospel with others. It's praying, it's worshiping, it's weeding out the sin that entangles us. It's not being distracted by the worries or the pleasures of life. It's desiring Jesus over everything else. it's, it's, It's not never making a mistake, but it's desiring Jesus even when we do make mistakes and sin against him. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's an increase of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's the kingdom of God that has been planted in our hearts, growing into maturity. So simply put, the, the fruit that Jesus is talking about here, the fruit of the Christian life, is just becoming more and more like Jesus. This is our goal. This is where we're headed. This is what he's calling us into. This is what the future he's prepared for us. More and more like him. And so if our problem is not hearing well, how can we hear well, right? 
If you're a Christian this morning and you want to soften the the pathway soil and, and you want to pick out all the rocks and you want to kill off all the weeds, how do we hear well? Well, here's, here's four things that I, I think can help us with this. Um, the problem is not hearing and receiving and responding to God's word. So here's four things that I think can, can help. Number one, let's take the time to read the Bible and listen to God. Right? Set aside time just to read the Bible and listen to him. And if you're wondering why you're not growing in your faith, I, I, that's where I would start. I'd start with, am I actually reading the Bible and listening to God? Do you know what a privilege it is to have this thing in print? The church has only had this for like a quarter of its lifetime. And most of the Christians, most of the Christians in the world don't have this. And we probably have multiple copies of it. In fact, in the phone in our pocket, we have every copy that's ever been produced. Let's spend time listening to God by reading his word. And then secondly, when you read and hear God's word, um, read it and hear it as God's word, okay? So you're not primarily listening to the author, Luke, or you're not primarily listening to the preacher, you're listening to God speak to you, right? Our Father is good, and He wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear what He's saying, and He wants us to respond to it. So let's listen to Him. Thirdly, when you read the Word of God, meditate on it. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, sitting, you know, legs crossed like that. Maybe it is that for you, I don't know. But it's, think about it, consider it. When you read the Bible on your lunch break at work, be mulling it over in your head. Think about these things deeply. Store it up in your heart. Treasure it. Like Psalm 1 says, treasure that. Consider that word and let it grow in our hearts that we'll be like trees that are planted that don't weather in the sun and bear fruit. Um, I actually have a wee process for this that I use. And if you're interested in knowing what that process for meditating on God's word is, then then come and speak to me and I'll share it with you. I can send it out to you. So we're going to spend time to read the Bible and listen to God. We're going to read it and hear it as the word of God. And we're going to meditate on the Word of God. And finally, we're going to put it into practice, right? We've listened, we've heard, we've considered. Now let it change us. Now let it take root and bear fruit in our life. Careful hearing is both hearing and responding. God, I've heard what you're saying. I think I've heard what you're saying. Now, now, how can I live this in my life? How can I put this into practice? And in these ways, we can cultivate good soil in our hearts. As Christians, this is how we can respond to Jesus' call to make sure we are hearing well. We need to let the Word of God take root deep in the soil of our hearts. This is how we grow and thrive. This is how we make sure that we bear the fruit of the kingdom. Because these parables come with a warning. And I know I haven't spoken much about the second parable this morning. But listen to verse 18 says, take care then how you hear. For the one who has, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has, will be taken away. Jesus is saying to us that, that those who hear and respond will receive more. Like the doors that open, they'll open more and more and we can go further up and further in, as C.S. Lewis says. But to those who close their ears, they will lose what they had or at least what they thought they had to begin with. Because there's a difference between those who come to Jesus to receive from him and hear and respond his message and those who are just in the crowd, those who just come along. And Jesus says, open your ears, respond to God's word. Don't harden your heart because as much as those who do receive it will receive more, Those who reject Jesus, whatever they had will be taken away from them. He's talking about his judgment. 
And if you, if you don't respond to God's word, the danger is that you'll be outside God's family and God's kingdom forever. So we must soften our hearts. We must receive his word. And, and, and maybe, maybe you're not a Christian and, and Jesus is calling you to respond. He's saying, listen, don't stay on the edge of the crowd any longer. Don't just stand looking at those automatic doors. Walk forward and allow them to open for you. Because these parables are, are not just a warning. They're an invitation. They're actually an invitation. I love this. I love this so much. Because just after Jesus has explained these parables to his disciples, um, his, his mother Mary and his brothers come looking for him. And somebody comes to tell him, hey, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers are outside and, and they need to see you. And his response is outstanding. It's incredible. He points to his disciples, the ones who, the men and women who are with him who have received and understood and responded to his word. And he points to them, he says, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. In other words, whoever receives and responds to my word, to the word of God, is in my family. They're my family. My real family are the ones who hear and receive and understand and respond. See, the, the call to hear and receive God's word is an invitation to come into the family of God. This is what Jesus, the invitation he has for all of us this morning, Christian and non-Christian. The very children of God, that's what we reflected on earlier. Isn't that incredible? When we hear his word and we respond to it. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And, and listen, I'm nearly done, but maybe it's been a while since you've heard his voice. <laughs> Maybe it's been a while since you've responded to his voice. Maybe even this week you're thinking, I did not hear or respond to you this week, Jesus. Maybe you've feel entangled by the brambles and the ivy or whatever it may be. And maybe you even feel like you're being choked by them. Maybe your roots are shallow. Maybe your heart is hard. Maybe you're a path that has been trampled on a lot. And you find... It's hard to believe that your heart could ever soften. Well, the truth is that it can. Isn't this the very thing that Jesus died for? Jesus gave up his life by dying on the cross and defeated death by being raised from the dead so that we could be united with him in our death over our sin and be raised he died and was resurrected so that we could be so that we could die and be resurrected. I love Jesus so much. This is incredible. His death and resurrection has defeated the power of sin in our lives so that we can have freedom. That's what he invites us into this morning. If we hear and understand and respond to his word. So my prayer is that we can hear the voice of Jesus. That Jesus is calling us. Listen to him. Hear him. Turn to him. Respond to him. You're a child of God. I hope you know that. If you're in so hear his word. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's take a few seconds just to consider these things before I pray and Tom comes back to lead us in worship. Father God, we thank you that you throw out your seed so generously, knowing that it's not going to take root in many places. 
for us all, myself included, that we would cultivate good soil in our hearts. We want to receive and respond to your word. It's the only place there's life. It's the only place there's fruit. Um, Lord, I especially ask for any of my brothers and sisters this morning who feel like their heart is hard, who feels like they have weeds growing up around them, who feel like they have shallow roots. But we know that uh, your, your death and your resurrection on the cross can defeat all those things, has defeated all those things. So Lord, may we be a people who hear and receive stand and respond to your word. Father, help us to be careful how we hear. And as we consider these things this week, may we uh, just be like people who approach those sliding doors and find that they open for us. Jesus, you're so good to us. Holy Spirit, you're so kind to us. Work in our hearts. And even as we come to your table and, and remember your death and resurrection, we pray, Lord, that, that we, would, um, we would find fresh, good, deep soil for your word to grow in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name because we know that you love us.